Okay, hey everybody, this is your friend Chad, the host of this show. True or false, I recorded a 30-second ad read before this, and the phone wasn't recording. Oh my god, okay. So, this episode is brought to you by Zareel, Emma Wilman's Netflix special, which is hitting the service August 31st. Uh, you might know Emma Wilman from Crazy Ass Girlfriend. She plays Valencia's girlfriend on that show. Uh, you can also, I was I, I interviewed her uh, a long time ago, about a year and a half ago, on simplescomedy.com. She's a great comic. She has a serious XM show I think is still going on. Uh, I gotta be honest, I did the ad read and I'm out of stuff to say because I forgot what I said. Emma Wilman's a great comic. Uh, she's uh, been around a long time and I think she's really wonderful. Like I said, she has a quarter hour on Netflix. I believe it's a quarter hour. They have a new uh, thing that they're doing. So quarter hour, Netflix, watch it. August 31st, Emma Wilman. Uh, yeah. That's how the theme song goes. Jiminy, Christmas is loud. Welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is a premier podcast for the website, simplescomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Everybody, welcome to the episode I've been waiting for for a very long time. I noticed it was coming up about 12 weeks ago, 19 weeks ago. I said, we're getting very close to it. 19 weeks ago, I said, we're getting so close to this episode. It's going to be great when it happens. And it, had, and it happens to happen on a week that it is C Plus Comedy's birthday. Um, and also, I think, and, and months away from the, um, um, what's it called? The birthday of the news time, the TV, the show, the TV show. Guys, this episode is episode 69. <laughs> I don't have, I have a soundboard because I'm not a, a radio shock jock DJ. But the, this is the, if I did have a soundboard, I would be playing so many noises right now. I'm so excited and so happy that this episode happens on the birthday of Seaplus Comedy, on the fifth birthday of Seaplus Comedy, is the 69th episode of the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm so excited. It's like I planned it. It's, it's very serendipitous that this happened at this point in time. So happy 69th episode. Happy 69th episode. I just pointed to both cameras. Hopefully I cut at least to one of them. All right, let's get started because uh, you know what? Who cares? I don't know how long this episode is going to be. It's a birthday week for the website. On the, on my calendar, it says happy birthday, which is great. I'm pausing between speech because I'm pretty sure I hear a lot of footsteps outside, but that just comes with the territory. Anyway, there's a lot going on this week. Oh, no, it's not footsteps. It's the guys working outside. It's very loud. I can hear them just chopping away uh, at whatever they're doing. They're building something next door. And uh, I don't know. I think it's just being piped up because of the microphone I'm holding in my hand. Very good microphone. <laughs> uh, it's the birthday week, like I just said. Seabless Comedy turned five. I made a very special news time, which is I didn't do any news. It was me talking about, uh, to me, to myself, again, uh, like I did for last year. It's called the Me on Me interview, which I don't think I've ever named, but I think in my in the in the notes and the script that I write, it, it the title is literally Me on Me interview. But then 
when it's when <laughs> but it's not named <laughs> whenever I shoot it. It just it's just me saying that, oh, I have an exclusive interview with somebody very exclusive. So last year's it was very it was a very special thing because I thought this is going to be something interesting that I can do. Uh, it turned out to be very hard recording two different uh uh, well, first of all, you have to do an intro. They have to do an outro. And then, then I had to do one with the host version of me, which is uh, the just, just some character I made up, which is just me, essentially. And then there's the uh, the guy, the, the Chad version that actually hosts the show, uh, hosts the show that is news time. And he's uh, basically a character that's just a little hyped up version of me. Where he's like sad and and he says weird things all the time, which is I'm not I don't say weird things at all. If you know me, I sent a mass text, not a mass text. I sent a bunch of texts last night. I don't have my phone near me, so I guess I can do this messages for Android website. And I, I sent a bunch of texts last night. I was watching. I got into so I caught up on Master Chef. I love Master Chef. It's a great show. I really wish they wouldn't uh, hype things up as much as they do, but. I sent, so I started watching MasterChef Junior. So I'm caught up on MasterChef for this season. I watched nine episodes over the course of seven days, which means that for some days I watched at least two, which is also very sad, which I don't ever want to watch two episodes of MasterChef in one day again, because those are long and not a lot happens until like the last 15 minutes. Because you, at some point, you know who's going to go home, who doesn't have their food plated, uh, who doesn't, like they, and then they act as if there's, there's some points in MasterChef when they go, Oh man, uh, Jeannie doesn't have her food plate. Get some food on there, and they, and they start counting down ten, nine. They act as if that that is happening in the last ten seconds. Most of the time, I guarantee that's not happening. It's it's happening in the last five minutes. You know, she needs to get food on there at some point because mostly everybody has has gotten their stuff on their plates, from what I remember. So please don't quote me on that. But I started watching MasterChef Junior, <laughs> and it's it's the MasterChef, but for kids. All right, so the kids are the ones that are cooking. Uh, you see a lot of kids cry, a lot, but they don't cry as much as the adults in this show. Oh my God, the, the adults that cry. Like there's one kid, one guy, one guy in the adult Master Chef who's 19 years old, youngest one in the competition. He started crying, I think, his the second episode, the second episode proper after they started doing the tryouts, stopped doing the tryouts and stuff. His name is Mark. He started, I'm going to put him on blast, 19 years old from Rockport, Massachusetts, or, or Michigan, or whatever. I think it's from Massachusetts and he works, he lives on a farm and he works in his family's restaurant. He's a, he works on the farm as a dishwasher. So he's been in the restaurant business for a long time, for his entire life basically. This kid starts crying because Gordon said something about his dish. And then, at, and then when the episode that he was kicked off, which is last week's episode, he, uh, Joe, one of the hosts, the Joe, Joe was like, or Joe, I think it was either Joe or Ramsey or Gordon. And uh, uh, says something about his dish and says, oh, you really going to you really going to make that decision? Like they're trying to help him out. You're not they're not supposed to help him out. They, and he, they, uh, they go, oh, you really want to make that decision? You really want to uh, do this right now? And you think that's how you make it? And he goes, well, that's how I made it my entire life. <laughs> and all I can think is every time someone gets in a fight with Gordon or uh, Aaron or Joe or Christina Tosi, uh, I always think it's and same thing on Chopped. Uh, and, and any other cooking show, Restaurant Impossible, uh, uh, Bar Rescue, those are the only ones I watch. Nailed it. Don't fight the host of the show, all right? Because they're trying to be on your side. They're trying to be objective and be on your side. And you're just sitting there just arguing. Well, I, this is the best way I know how to do it. <laughs> they're trying to be on. Anyway, back to Master Chef Jr. <laughs> so I wrote, I was watching Master Chef Jr. and I wrote a mass text to a bunch of people. I sent it out separately, of course. But I wrote this text to a bunch of people. 
I have a pitch for you. You know MasterChef Junior, right? What if one season they had a kid who was a horrible, terrible cook, but he had cancer, so Ramsey and the other chefs continuously sit him or her to the finals? They feel so bad for him every time. Every little script to go with it. Gordon. Billy, this is the worst. Billy looks sad. Stage direction. Billy looks sad. Gordon. But you gave it your best. Go up to the balcony. Billy, struggling to speak. Thank you, chef. <coughs> Billy can't make it up the stairs with his crutches. <laughs> I think that's the greatest. I think it's so funny. I think that's so funny because of the kid is injured. I've always, I've always thought about that. Uh, ever since I started watching uh, Hell's Kitchen, MasterChef, um, uh, the Restaurant Impossible, all of these different ones, or all these, all the competition shows rather, like Chopped, uh, especially specifically for Chopped, because there's only four of them. But what if one of the cooks was just horrible? He was, they were a bad cook, uh, but Ramsey just let it slip every time. You know what? I like it, James. Go on up. But now replace it with a kid who has cancer. Oh, God. I sent that to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight, nine. I sent that to nine people. <laughs> thank you, nine people, if you're watching this. Thank you. I know you're not because my friends don't support me anyway. They just want the money at the end. Uh, thank you for <laughs> doing that. I appreciate it. Uh, let's get let's keep, let's move into it. There's not a lot on the docket this week, uh, which really sucks because this week's a birthday. It's supposed to be a birthday week. Uh, there was uh, the first thing I have on here, which I think I found at the end of the uh, my internet's not working at the end of the um, the recording last week is that there's a Game of Thrones castle and it's up for sale. And that was the first thing I wrote down. <laughs> and then I didn't do anything <laughs> else for the rest of the week <laughs> until to yesterday. Oh, gosh. It's so sad, uh, but it's only so you're not getting the whole castle. You're getting half of a castle, and uh, I'm just gonna go to Belfast Live. I guess that's the website. I wasn't going to E News, but it wasn't working. Or E Entertainment, whatever. What, what what's the what, what are they called? E Online. They used to own E. Used to be the 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 sister company, sister channel of G4 Tech TV. And uh, G4 Tech TV used to get the the uh, the raw end of the deal because all the money would go to E, and E would not give anything to G4. So a lot of G4's uh, skits and shows and bits on like Attack of the Show, Cheat, X Play, a lot of that stuff. Apparently, a lot of them were under were underpaid, but a lot of the skits were just like poorly made because they weren't poorly made. They were done to the best of their ability, but they just weren't done well enough <laughs> because uh, there were there was not a lot of money to be shared. Okay, so uh, the castle is uh, Gosford Castle and Co Armagh. And it's only half of the castle. I, I don't know if I can, you know, I'll just show you the picture. Uh, <laughs> I hate doing this. I hated that I did this last week. <laughs> there you go. There's the picture of, of the castle. Look it up. You only get half the castle because uh, the other half is turning into sustainable apartments or something like that. And it's only 500,000 quid. Now, last week, imagine my surprise last week when I was reading this and I thought, oh my gosh, I can own an entire castle for $500,000. That's amazing. Then you see that you only get like a third or half of the castle. Uh, that's where the Red Wedding was, if you've seen the show. 
the it's a it was built in the mid 1800s by the second Earl of Gosford, Archibald Action Action, A C H E S O N. It was designed in the normal revival style by London architect Thomas Hopper. The estate agent explained, this is from Belfast Live, the portion of the castle being marketed for sale is at a point has been uh, partially developed in places with a view to convert the space into six luxury apartments with each boasting an average of 3,500 square feet and with some offering rooftop gardens. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. A potential purchaser could also invest with a commercial direction in mind as the buildings have been used previously as a hotel and as a movie set for the world-famous Game of Thrones TV show. <laughs> the world-famous Game of Thrones TV show. And uh, if you look at the pictures, if you click on the pictures, you can see the actual uh, side that you'll be getting. The Here, let's see. I'll, put, I'll do this. Chad, you're going to have to do a lot of editing in this episode. I'm sorry. But there's, if you're, if you're watching the video, which I urge you to, go to youtube.com slash to watch the video, not live feed, just the video. You can see right here, <laughs> that's the side you're getting. The other side is the apartment side. So you, from this side on, from this side, that's yours. That side on is the apartment side. So I think that's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. So if you have $500,000, you go ahead and do it. I think it has something like 14 bedrooms only in, on that side alone. I'm pretty sure. It said something like 14 bedrooms. If I can get onto the E-Online article, uh, then I would I would uh, read you read you what it says. But I think they took it down. <laughs> the link's not working. Oh, it's finally going. It's going through. So uh, so 500,000 quid, that's about 6,500, $656,000. Uh, oh, it's 15 bedrooms, 10 bathrooms. And that's just your part of the property. That is amazing. If I was rich, if I was Will Smith, I would just go, yeah. If I was Drake, yeah. I'm going to name somebody who's not a black rapper. If I was Travis Scott, yeah. <laughs> if I was Kylie Jenner, I would go, yes, just toss it in the back. A <laughs> billion dollars. Good for her. I'm very proud of her. I know her very well. <laughs> I know her very well. Speaking of uh, Travis Scott, that new album, Astroworld, amazing. I really like it. Um, the one thing about it is, though, when I listened to it at the gym, uh, I got to sicko mode, of course, with uh, 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 Drake and The Weeknd. I thought, this is going to be a song that is played way too much. <laughs> and you know what? It, it's already been, that's, That album's been out for a week and a half, and I've already listened to it too much. It's a good album. It's a really, it's a wonderful album. 15, 17 songs. Gee, many Christmas. Oh, YG's album is 15 songs. That's a good album, too. Uh, Stargazing, Carousel, Sycamore. It's really great. Stop Trying to Be God. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, let's see. What else? NC-17 is great. Astro Thunder is great. Can't Say, Who What, Houston Fornication, Butterfly Effect. Oh, so many good songs. I can't believe it. And the, there are, the album artwork is just oh, so great. So good. Travis Scott's just wonderful. It's uh, too bad that it takes him a minute to put music out. The last thing he put out was Huncho Jack and uh, Jack Huncho with Quavo. It was all right. It's not the best album in the world, but he disappears. I mean, now he has all the money in the world, him and his uh, girl. He and Kylie. Good for them. I'm, I'm happy that they're a couple. <laughs> As if it really matters. Oh, my gosh. Birds in the Trap scene. McKnight did not get good reviews. What are you doing, guys? That's a great album. 
Oh, speaking of YG's, uh, YG, what is his album called? <laughs> YG Rapper. If you just type in YG on Google, it just says YG, the rapper. Uh, that album was uh, Stay Dangerous. He is, uh, if you didn't know, that guy's in a gang. <laughs> he is in a gang. I won't tell you which one, but it's uh, not the blue one. <laughs> he really raps about it. <laughs> uh, a lot of good songs in that one, too. Handgun, uh, 10 times, that's 10 times is the intro song. Uh, Big Banks, a wonderful song. If you didn't hear about the uh, controversy about that song is, that song was put on, that's featuring 2 Chainz, Big Sean, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. <laughs> that's a Vine. <laughs> I only watched, when Vine, Vine went away, and I did not care because I wasn't, I didn't watch Vine. I only used Vine like twice. And then Vine went away. And then cut to this year. I started watching uh, Vine compilations on YouTube. It's so great. So if Vine didn't go away, I would never would have seen these things. And I'd never have a, and now I have, a, when people say, oh, you, you almost made me drop my croissant, I now have a reference point. Isn't it great? <laughs> I'm looking at this camera and I'm not even sure if it's on, but the timer up there for the GoPro says 16 and a half minutes. So in a second, I'll have to get up and turn the camera off. <laughs> I hate talking about what I do behind the scenes, but uh, here we go. Slay's good. 666 with uh, Young Boy Never Broke Again is good. <laughs> Too Brazy is good. Because <laughs> you can't say C when you're in that other gang. <laughs> uh, Sue Whoop. That's when I knew. <laughs> that's when I knew he was in a gang. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a good album though. Uh, check out YG. He changed, He had to change up his flow for to reach these mainstream audiences. I say that as if I listened to him all the time. I didn't. I only heard a few YG songs. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, the controversy with that song, <laughs> uh, Big Bank, is that uh, it was a new Madden, and they, uh, EA, so there's this whole thing with the NFL where they hate uh, when people of color take knees on the field because they're standing, it's, it's what Colin Kaepernick did to stand up for injustices that were done to black people. Anyway, uh, which is a huge problem, which is why you shouldn't watch football. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to get political on this podcast, but there was, so there's a, there's a lyric that big Sean has where he says, you guys are uh, feeling cap or something like that. And, it, and then he goes, Colin, I'm, I'm more Colin Kaepernick Kaepernick. And they bleeped out instead of bleeping out curse words, they bleeped out curse words, but along with bleeping out curse words, they bleeped out Colin Kaepernick's name in that song. And uh, a lot of people were very mad, justifiably very angry about it. I would have been angry about it too. I am angry about it. What do you mean would have? I would have been angry about it too. Hey, right when I get up, right when I get up, I did it. I did it. Okay, so I got something else for you. I got something else coming at you right now. This is me looking for it. Hey, okay, here we go. So uh, this week was both really good and really bad in terms of things I enjoy to watch and play. One of the many things is uh, the Chris Gethard show, which I have talked about at length on this show. And the problem is uh, that show is that show is not sustainable. Um, there's at first it was a public access show, and I'm sure it was bleeding money then. But it was just a guy with his friends shooting a show, and it was very popular in New York and on the internet. Uh, with just a, a group, a niche group of people. Then it goes to fusion and it becomes uh, a half hour 
I don't want to say half baked, but half hour version of what it typically was uh, when it was on the uh, the the what's it called <laughs> public broadcasting. And now, and then it went to and then it went to True TV, and it was finally expanded to the hour it needs to be, and it's live, and you can call in and participate and everything. Uh, then it went off the air. The second season on True TV ended, and now the uh, Chris Gethard wrote on Facebook that the Chris Gethard show is gone forever. He's not going to try to shop it anywhere else. He's not going to try to do another version of it. Uh, and he says, he starts it off, the Chris Gethard show is dead. Long live the Chris Gethard show. It's official. The Chris Gethard show is canceled. Kaput, no more. And it wasn't just a, a decision done by True TV. So we can't really place the blame on True TV, all the blame on True TV. Uh, Gethard himself said that he was kind of done with the show. He's very happy the way that things went, but uh, it's he, he was just he's just ready to put it down. Uh, now, basically, what happened was is that some executives sat him down and said, "Here are the numbers. They're not as good as we thought they were going to be." And then Gethard said, "Yeah, why are we even doing this?" And then they kind of came to a mutual agreement that the show was over. Uh, but here are his words. But some executives from True TV sat me down a few weeks after the, this most recent batch of episodes and said, "We're getting the sense." from your final speech and some of our behind the scenes conversations that you might be done with this project. I told them they were right. So it's a mutual decision. I just read his last sentence as if I, as if it was a new thing I was just saying. <laughs> so yeah, they were lowest rated show on the network, much like crazy ex-girlfriend is the lowest rated show on the CW is on the, is a lowest rated show on broadcast. And I would bet my lunch that it is the lowest rated show on um, television. Uh, so he said, if I'm not going to be number one, I see no sense in being number four or number six. Let's live on the extremes either way. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way of putting it, Gethard. Uh, but I urge you to read, if you're a fan of Chris Gethard, uh, just read his entire post. It's very long. Oh, my God. It's so very long. He brings up uh, career suicide and uh, beautiful anonymous. Um, he, I'm just now skimming through it. He says, uh, he's just pushing 40. It's just a lot of the things. And he's, and he's just wanting to do a different, different stuff. Uh, he's compared himself to Howard Stern. He says he's been listening to a lot of Howard Stern over the past few weeks. Uh, and he says that Howard Stern evolved and he's evolving too. But it's nice to see that the Chris Gethard show, uh, He's, he basically says that the show stagnated and uh, there's nowhere there's no way for it to go. I mean, it could come back in any iteration, you know, just for like a one off episode or something. But it's not going to be it's just going to be it's going to be the same thing. Um, and uh, it sucks to see that this uh, has to go like this. I'm not going to cry. I'm trying to not to cough. <laughs> it just sucks. They just start crying. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of I'm 38. I live in Queens. I'm married to the coolest girl in the world. It's just so long. I'm different. The show isn't. Uh, it's time to see what's next. So basically, he just let his emotions take over and write uh, about 17 pages on Facebook. This is such a long post. Um, we did 47 episodes on cable. No small feat. Each one went through a rigorous process of writing, editing, editing. All right, so uh, these the the people that worked on the show are basically a lot of them have are have gone on to write. I mean, not, you know, all of them, you know, but a lot of them who've ever written on the show have gone on to write for HBO, Netflix, Comedy Central, IFC, just a whole bunch of outlets. Uh, so it's great that 
these people have were able to put this, even if it's not the highest rated thing, even if it's not the the most popular thing in the world, they were to put this onto their resumes, onto their IMDb pages, get these credits, uh, be able to say, yeah, I was uh, a weird character for a three minute bit on the Chris Gethard show. And it's wonderful. They did a lot of, a lot of, I'm going to quote Gethard here. Uh, and a lot of people say it's one of the greatest hours of television ever. It's, it really is. It's because it's, it's such an interesting thing to do to go out. And I wrote this uh, on the, and I never do this, the Airwolf subreddit, uh, because those people there have such a group think where they download everything that you say. <laughs> Very true. Uh, and I wrote this on uh, the post that someone posted from the, from the Facebook page onto the, to the, to the subreddit. And I wrote that Gethard really thought out of the box. He didn't, he didn't say that you have to do the, you have to pay the thousands of dollars for improv classes, or you have to do the stay up all night and do comedy thing, even though he did it, even though he did that. But I'm saying for the show, uh, the Chris Gethard show, uh, was just a guy who happened to be improv, who happened to be doing stand up and stuff, but a guy with his friends who were also in comedy and to art and stuff like that to come together and put together an hour of television. That is just so interesting and a beautiful notion. And now since we, everybody, I mean that, and that was in, that was like what that show started uh, from 2009, 2011, 2009 ish. It's 2018. They've been doing that for almost 10 years. That's amazing for almost a decade. Uh, that was before that was, you know, that was after the YouTube, like four, that was four years after YouTube, but that was, that was, that was before, you know, everybody had a f- camera in their pocket. Everybody had uh, access to a DSLR or a GoPro to shoot their meaningless online shows that no one watches. <laughs> I'm sure if I did this 10 years ago, it would have, first of all, I'd be 15 years old, but second, it'd be popular. I guarantee it. But now everybody's doing everything. And uh, I respect everybody that was on that show. It's a, uh, it was a wonderful show. Some stuff didn't make me laugh. A lot of things made me laugh my butt off. And I'm very happy for uh, Chris to have experienced this. I'm happy for him to have <laughs> be had to have been vulnerable, vulnerable on television, on a nationally syndicated, not syndicated, nationally broadcasted show. Why did I say syndicated? <laughs> I'm on such a good roll <laughs> with words. Uh, and it was just him. He's just getting older. He's almost 40. He's 30 years old. And he lives in Queens, <laughs> which he wrote a lot of times in here. And it was just him just trying to evolve. That's what, that's why he did career suicide for, uh, the, the stage show. That's why he shot for HBO. Everybody can watch that. Uh, that's why he's doing beautiful anonymous. It's a podcast where strangers call in and he can't, he can't hang up. He just has to talk to them about whatever things going on. I don't listen to beautiful anonymous anymore, but I haven't listened to it in a very long time. Everybody started calling in and they started acting like, uh, not acting. They started saying like, Oh, I'm depressed and blah, blah, blah. And, Ugh, I mean, stop diagnosing yourselves. I know if this was a popular show, I would get so many tweets about that. Ugh, but thank God this is not right. <laughs> Just reacting to the cameras by myself. Uh, there's one thing in here that recently that that really stuck out to me. Uh, so uh, there, there's an episode in the second of the ten of the of this past season in which Chris talked about he had a panic attack. And uh, and that was, and this is a couple hours, it's about 5, uh, 11 o'clock, 4.30, seven hours before they start shooting. 
seven, six and a half hours before they start shooting. And uh, he wrote around 4.30 in the afternoon of our second of the 10 episodes had a full on panic attack. He, and he mentioned this on television, which is why I'm bringing it up. I'm talking full, quote, curled up in the fetal position on the floor of my office with a couch cushion on me level. It wasn't pleasant. I hosted our episode featuring my old pal Cypher Sounds a few short hours later. It was terrifying. And he mentioned this. I mean, I specifically remember this because he talked about it and uh, it was like a really dour note. And I think it was the numbers of the show that really uh, that really added to the, the pressure of it. And I get it. I understand. I see stuff like that. I understand. Chris, uh, he, him, but him being, being able to come out and say, this is my issue and this is, and I don't know why it's happening and I don't know how to explain it to you. I'll do my best to do it on this live television show with a couple hundred thousand people. That is just, that is brave. That is one of the, the most, that's one of the most brave things anyone could do. And not everybody has that type of reach or outlet. But I'm very happy the show was able to do what it wanted to do for 40, 47 episodes on cable and a couple hundred, I believe, on uh, not cable, which is the internet, <laughs> which is public broadcasting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double check that number. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a couple hundred because they were on public, public access for a very long time. I remember going before Split Sider was bought by... Uh, uh, what? Who were they bought by? <laughs> who was Split Sider by? <laughs> Vulture. Before a Split Sider, Split Sider was bought by Vulture, and I stopped reading them. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted so badly for C Plus Comedy to be bought by Owl, which owns Split Sider, so that I could work with Split Sider, and so I could stop doing news. And that's part. That's part. And that's that's why I stopped doing news. But anyway, uh. <laughs> But I remember reading articles from Meg Wright and all those people that uh, they were they had that this show was a thing. It was a real live thing. The public access archives have 152 episodes on. Uh, yeah. Then then, you know, the 47 that were on cable. <clears throat> That's great. That's wonderful. So I uh, like I said before, go read the whatchamacallit, the uh, the post on Facebook. I'm sure you can find it on uh you can find it on Split Cider. I'm not Split Cider. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Vulture Comedy. Is that what they call it now? Oh, boy. I mean, Seabless Comedy is still up for sale. If anybody wants to buy it, <laughs> they can buy it. Oh, gosh. What are the, what are the stories today? This is why I stopped doing um, uh, uh, news because there's not that many stories. <laughs> A lot of uh, late night video, like from uh, late night television. Stuff, a lot of emails that I've already gotten. Oh, Crazy Ass Girlfriend! I've been rewatching Crazy Ass Girlfriend. I don't want to, I don't want to get too too into this, but I've been rewatching Crazy Ass Girlfriend, and uh, one of the characters, Greg, leaves at the end of the first season because the 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 actor didn't want to, uh, he wanted to do Broadway, and uh, he's really good at it. Uh, but Skylar Aston is coming to play uh, Greg in the final season of Crazy Ass Girlfriend, I, and he's going to be a reimagined version of him. Everybody, the, I think the quote was, "Everybody changes when you know there's, they're in a different light," and it's so funny. I think that's such a good idea. I've been rewatching Crazy Girlfriend though, because it's a great show and I love it. And uh, they they hint at a lot of things in that first season that could come in the second, in the third season. So there you go. I've been watching rewatching uh, "You're the Worst" because I thought it was coming back this year. Apparently, it's not. It's coming back in 2019. 
which I can only assume is going to be like early 2019, like January, February. So it's too late. I'm already too far in. I'm on, already on season two. Got two more seasons to go. Last but not least, it sucks to talk about this, but this is what happens. Um, okay, so yesterday uh, there was wind of a story that uh, a writer for IGN who happens to be a new hire and he happened to be the not senior editor, but uh, the host of Nintendo, the Nintendo portion of uh, IGN stuff. Yeah. Anyway, his name is Philip Mnuchin. He was a YouTuber um, and IGN hired him to be their new uh, Nintendo head Nintendo editor, I believe. And, uh, this past weekend, he last or so earlier this week, he put out a review or last week, I believe he put out a review for the game Dead Cells, which is like a Metroidvania roguelike Metroid Castlevania mix with a roguelike <laughs> roguelike. It's a roguelike. And uh, it turns out that he plagiarized. <laughs> this is not funny. He plagiarized his review um, uh, and <laughs> he plagiarized it. I mean, that's it. And IGN fired him. Um, they took down the review, and uh, and then they said they wrote uh, a a a, th- a post about it. They said, as a group of writers and creators who value our own work and that of others in our field, the editorial staff of IGN takes plagiarism very seriously. Reads a note from that's now a place of review. So they said that they uh, parted ways with Philip. They fired him. Um, so they investigated it for a couple of hours and then they just fired him. Uh, and, uh, so then, so this is an update. So I'm reading this from Kotaku. I got this, I was reading it on, uh, yesterday at, in the morning. <laughs> I remember this happening yesterday in the morning, um, of, uh, what's it called on Reddit? Uh, because like, uh, uh I read, I like to read the gaming stuff and that's where, that's where all the stuff comes from. And it, and Philip, he just got caught. I mean, you can't plagiarize. So apparently I bring this up only because apparently in this Kotaku article written by Jason Schreier, who's one of the good gaming writers, there's a lot of, there's not a lot of good gaming writers. I'll tell you that much. There's like Ryan McCaffrey, Damon Hatfield, Jason Schreier, a bunch of people, not a bunch of, uh, a couple of people like Nick Robinson from uh, Polygon. He's really good. Um, uh, Peter Brown, Callie Plaguey, both from GameSpot. Uh, but... <laughs> So, so, uh, Mnuchin, Philip from the, uh, from the, from IGN, he had used a lot of phrasing from a guy who was on something called boomstick gaming and, uh, and the boomstick gaming guy noticed it and he made a video about it and that's when it blew up. Uh, but the thing is, I don't like it when people just group IGN as one thing, one entity. Yes, it's the biggest gaming website in the world, but I don't believe it is the smartest thing to do is to blame them for everything, uh, for one thing that one guy did. They fired the guy. I mean, it shouldn't be, I understand it's going to be a black mark on the on the company as a whole, but I don't think that IGN should be blamed. Uh, you know, you read a, read a whole bunch of comments that would say something like, uh, this is why IGN is the worst. I don't even read IGN anymore. Who else should I read? No, don't blame IGN. You blame that guy. So, uh, you can see you can see all the stuff, all the parables and stuff, and it just sucks that even happened. Uh, and it turns out that Philip had done this before when he was a YouTuber. He wrote, 
in an excerpt of Nintendo Life overview for that, he wrote the same exact thing that, uh, or no, oh no, he, he copied from a Nintendo Life review. And he and in his video review from that same game, FIFA 18, he uh, he copied it. And it's still up. Oh boy, it's still up. And that movie, that video got half a million views. That's crazy. I don't understand how that happens. Oh boy, oh boy. And he got fired. I mean, that's just what happens. Uh, but good, good for IGN for doing that, for understanding that that's how uh, things get done. <laughs> for understanding how that's how things get done. <laughs> it really sucks. But I mean, that's what happens when you plagiarize. If you went, I under, I understand that it can be difficult writing something like that, uh, especially if it's your first one. He said it was his first one. His Twitter is still up, and he still has it posted on there. He's he says he still has his job and everything. Uh, but I understand that it can be difficult to write things when you first get started to write your own things. Uh, it's one thing to do it when you're a YouTuber, but when you're working for the biggest company in the world, one of the biggest gaming periodicals in the world, that just really you just blew your chances because the last three editors, Nintendo editors for IGN went to work for Nintendo themselves. Jose Otero is a PR guy. Uh, and I don't know the other two by name, but, uh, I mean, that's just, <laughs> you messed up, bro. <laughs> that's your fault. <laughs> uh, when I was younger, like when I was in high school, I was so afraid of plagiarizing, uh, that if I found something that I really liked, I would just write in my own words and then eventually it would just become my own thing. And I would expand upon that. And then that's how, that's how I became a decent writer. I mean, I, there's a, there's an article I wrote uh, a long time ago for Seabless Comedy when I was writing articles for it. And it was about uh, stealing, stealing jokes. There was a guy called um, the dirty Jew or something like that. Who was that guy? I don't know. Uh, I'm looking for it right now, but uh, I wrote about uh, stealing jokes uh, because uh, one of the, yeah, here we go. I found it. Oh my God. You type in C-plus comedy joke stealing. It's about four down. Good for me. Uh, one of the, actually one of the hosts from uh, Nintendo voice chat over there on IGN, uh, he got his jokes stolen. And, uh, and then I wrote about how I used to, when I was, when I was in high school, I would for Twitter and this is just for Twitter. I was, so I would not be making money of it, but I'd follow like a whole bunch of comedy people. And then I would see somebody like Matt Roller, uh, who I really liked or Damian Fahey. And then I would copy and paste their joke into my Twitter feed. Uh, and you know, you know, I had nobody following me, but still, it still sucks. I even did that. Uh, so it really, it blows. I even did that. Uh, but I wrote about that and how Brian Altano got, was, uh, he had his jokes stolen too on Twitter. Uh, so, but I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't stolen anything, uh, since I was, you know, a prepubescent boy. <laughs> That's what I call pre 18 Chad, a prepubescent boy. Uh, so it, I mean, that just, that's just par for the course. Philip was fired. Uh, because he did it at his job. And uh, <laughs> I mean, IGN's lost a lot of people in the last few months. Go do your research. <laughs> but a lot of people have left uh, or <laughs> have been forced out <laughs> is the thing. A lot of people have been forced out of IGN <laughs> as of late. Uh, one person left uh, on her own accord because she felt like she was getting stuck. And that is that I understand. But this guy, Philip. 
he was playing video games on YouTube, and now he's playing video. Then then he was playing video games for IGN, and you have the best job in the world. I understand you might not be getting paid the most uh, big big bucks, but you get free video games, which is the thing you love to do, and you get to write about it. If I could write about anything, I I that's why I have a degree in writing, uh, and a, and a <laughs> and a minor in journalism, but. If I could, if if I could use my degree like that every day and get paid for it, oh my God, I'd be so happy. You know, I don't have to make a thousand, hundred thousand dollars. I don't make a hundred thousand dollars, but it's just insane that you couldn't write a four-minute review, a video review, and they, and they use the same script for uh for the for the the written review. So I understand how you couldn't have written a, a twelve hundred word review. I can knock that out and. F- 15 to 20 minutes right now I can play dead cells for five hours this weekend and then Monday morning write a review and have it edited and everything by Tuesday by Monday night by Monday afternoon by Monday (laughs) at 10 (laughs) a.m. but seriously it's uh you get paid to do the thing that you love that camera just shut off (laughs) you get paid to do the thing so I've been talking to nothing over here (laughs) you get paid to do the thing that you're good at and it sucks that you didn't. <sighs> you didn't do it. Okay, so we've been going for a minute. And I just wanted to let this one go on because it is a birthday episode after all. So this is about double the length. If you like what you saw here, you can follow us on... Uh, <laughs> Chad, come on. It's the 69th episode and I didn't, I didn't make any 69 jokes. It was a very serious episode though. Talking about people getting fired and Chris Gathered show ending. But if you like what, what you saw or heard... Go to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where there's a litany of things, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Follow us on Twitter, at cpluscomedy. Follow me on Twitter, at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. Go to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash cpluscomedy, uh, to watch Newstime and to watch the video version of the show. Again, Newstime was an interview with myself. Uh, very hard to put it together. You know, so many different logistics. I shot it right here, right here, right here, right here on this couch. <laughs> so check it out. Uh, okay, I'm going to hang up. Happy 69, guys. <laughs>